What's up, ambitious listeners? We are back, and we are back at it again with a brand new episode. Joining me on today's episode is the iconic, the incomparable, the top-tier head coach, Coach Aaron. He is the coach and the CEO of the Respect and Honor Academy, and he joins me to discuss his journey to that point, why he believes he's a servant in this life, and what gave him that calling, his passion for coaching, and he instills some incredible wisdom upon myself and for you guys, the audience. It is one of my all-time favorite interviews. It is an absolute pleasure to sit down with him, and I hope you guys enjoy. Ambitious is presented by Liquid IV. Liquid IV is my go-to hydration and energy supplement. It is the top of the line for superior hydration. I personally drink Liquid IV every morning. It helps me get hydrated and energized to start my day, do my regular lifestyle, and do my athletic lifestyle. If I want to get a workout in, I drink Liquid IV beforehand. If I want to hit the books, I drink Liquid IV beforehand. It is a top-notch and good-for-you drink. It tastes delicious as well. My favorite flavor is the lemon ginger, but they have a Kai Berry. They have a limited time pear that they just came out with. They have passion fruit. They have so many varied flavors, so many different purposes. They have different supplements that can come that do different purposes, uh, more hydration focused, more energy focused, more workout focused. Whatever you need, Liquid IV can give it to you. It is a top notch product and it is ambitious approved and you should all go out and buy it right now check out liquid iv all over their social medias and at liquidiv.com to get you some liquid iv today get hydrated and get the best hydration you possibly can and do it with liquid iv now back to the show yo what is up and welcome to ambitious my name is dylan price today's guest is the ceo of the rh academy he is a trainer for elite 11 one of the top quarterback series and competitions in the country along with being a trainer for quarterback summit and quarterback takeover he's one of the most ambitious and driven leaders and he's devoted his time and energy towards helping young men get better on and off the gridiron he is the phenomenal coach aaron coach how's it going my man and thank you for coming on Oh, man, thank you for that intro. I, I appreciate it, man. It's an honor to be here, though. I'm very excited. So I'm a little curious. What is your football background, and what led you towards coaching the sport? Uh, so play like most people, play since I was around the age of seven years old, um, originally from Prince George's County, Maryland, uh, where a lot of talent has come out of this area. Um, played in high school, went to Eleanor Roosevelt High School. I uh, wasn't the highest recruited guy coming out. Um, I had a couple of Division One AA opportunities, D2 opportunities as well. Um, my college career, I went to a total of four different schools uh, pursuing this football dream before overall I just kind of phased out. Uh, I finished graduating at Towson University and um, graduated there in 2015, uh, played the quarterback position, played the wide receiver position, uh, but I just realized rather early that I had a knack for really kind of teaching the position of quarterback. Um, it actually, it, it just came really kind of natural to me. And so uh, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted my next steps to be uh, post-grad, uh, you know, I really started to look around and kind of figure out, you know, what things interested me. Um, I started to see a lot of similarities, a lot of similarities, excuse me, between myself and a lot of my former teammates where, um, you know, there wasn't really, uh, the next steps weren't really laid out for us after we were done playing the game of football. And so from there, I kind of took it upon myself to want to create a program that I wish I would have had that would have helped me, you know, uh, transition a little bit more easier. And that's when I came up with the concept for RH Academy. 
At what age did you launch the Academy and how did you go about initially launching the Academy? Yeah, I was, God, back in 2017. So I was, I think like 24, like 23, 24 years old. Um, And really I was doing security at the time. I was working at the State Department and I absolutely hated it. Um, I knew that that wasn't what I was going to deserve to do. You know what I mean? Like standing on post for 12 hours just in 110 degree heat wasn't really the way I envisioned my life. And so um, for the first time in my life, man, I took five sheets of paper and I wrote down all my dreams, goals, and aspirations. And kind of like how I just said, I just realized that there wasn't really a program that was in place to help guys transition, you know, to life after the game. And so you see guys struggle with that at the NFL level, but, you know, there's a ton of people who don't make it to that level who still go through that same type of hard process. And so I just wrote down all my dreams and aspirations and, you know, I figured out the lane that I wanted to be in. Once I figured it out, it was about carving out my niche. And um, I realized, you know, I was really great at connecting with athletes and getting them to want to aspire to be more than just an athlete, but really help them identify what their true identity was outside of playing the sport. And that was how I came to RNH. And RH stands for Respect and Honor Academy, for those who don't know. Now, in prior interviews I listened to, you said the focus for you is on develop the young men and on and off the gridiron. What exactly 100%. what exactly led you towards that exact ambition of developing them on and off the field? Yeah, no one talks about it. You know, um, when it, when a child is growing up and people ask them what do they want to be when they grow up, once they play sports, typically it's, you know, I want to go to the NFL, and people kind of leave it at that. And so because of that, there isn't any push to help them figure out who they are outside of the sport. And so it's hard for a lot of people, once the sport is taken away from them, it's hard for them to transition. And so with us, you know, we do things like small business development. We do, um, you know, character development courses. We do college tours. Uh, we do, you know, different marketing um, exercises with the kids just to start to get them to view themselves larger, you know, than this, this athletic realm. And help them start to think outside of the box of other potential careers that may interest them. And if we can help them pinpoint that and figure that out at 14, 15, 16, you know, then they're, they're, they're really ahead of the curve. So what is the exact age range you coach the um, guys from? So me specifically, I go literally from age around seven all the way up to the professional level. Wow. So you have them and get to see them grow for a long time. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. So that was one thing I did want to touch on. When you see one of your students blossom and begin to show growth on the field and off the field, can you kind of describe and put in the words how that makes you feel? <laughs> Amazing. You know, um, you you grow a bond with the child. And, you know, some stick around, some don't, some go on and, you know, go other walks of life. That's kind of just like the, the nature of the beast that, you know, we're a part of. But when you're able to see a child, you know, really kind of grow up and figure themselves out and start to walk on their path and, and, and do it the right way with integrity, it's a blessing. And, and to know that I've been able to play a part, you know, in so many young people's lives, it, it just make, it, it really reassures me that I'm doing what I was put on this earth to do. Well, that's one thing I wanted to hit on as well of in doing background on you, you described yourself as a servant and feeling as though you were put on this earth to change lives and serve your community. At what point in your life did you realize that that was your destiny? Uh, early, really early. Uh, my father, he, he, he was big on that, you know, uh, always making sure, you know, one of our favorite quotes is service to others is the rent we pay while here on earth. And so, um, you know, that was something that was really kind of still in me early seeing him, you know, whether it was donating to, the, you know, uh, doing food drives for the homeless on Thanksgiving, 
you know, whether that was doing coat drives, whether that was, you know, getting toys together to donate to kids' hospitals on Christmas. Um, that was something that was just kind of instilled in me at a very early age. Um, and then just as I continue to grow, understanding the importance for me to get back to my community. And one of the things that I just want to show is like, you don't have to be 40, 50, 60 years old. You don't have to be a millionaire. Like start where you're at, you know, and start with whatever capacity that you can do it. And you'd be amazed at the type of impact that you can have. When you began the academy and even growing up, did you have, uh, I know you just mentioned your father, but did you have any other role models or idols that you kind of looked to when you were younger and when you launched this academy? Yeah. Uh, you know, my, uh, my brother-in-law, he played a big influence. Uh, my mom, of course, she played a huge influence as well. Um, and then heroes, man, Muhammad Ali, he's a big hero of mine. Uh, the late, great Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace. He was another huge, uh, you know, influence of mine. You know, someone who just understood the importance of giving back to other people. But more importantly, the importance of being an example. You know, um, it's hard to, for, for, for some people, if you've never had an example, it's kind of hard to view yourself in a different light. And so our job is to become that example to eliminate the excuse. So if a kid can see me succeed, then, you know, there's no reason why they can't succeed when we come from the same area. The same situation. Become the example to eliminate the excuse. That's a really, really good uh, thing to teach and a really good uh, approach, I think, in general to teaching. So kudos to you. When you, when you, I guess, go about teaching the kids and not even kids, some of them are up in the pros, but when you go about teaching them, how do you encapsulate those ideas of Ali and Nipsey and even everything your family's taught you as you kind of try to pass that down to um, the young men you're teaching? Yeah, I, I think the most important thing is to, is, is to speak the child's language. That's the most important thing. Um, because you don't want to come off preachy, for lack of a better phrase. Um, and different people come from different backgrounds. So you have to understand what do they best respond to. So some people can respond to quote unquote direct correction. Other people you have to go in a roundabout way. And so I think for any person who's in a position of leadership, like that's one of the tell signs of a leader. Like, can you speak to different people at different levels, but still get the same result out of them? And so that's one of the biggest things with me. You know, I, I try to first understand the child's background, understand what do they respond to best, and then kind of customize my approach to make sure that I can reach them. Have you ever had struggles with relating to individuals? Uh, with relating, some 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 people are a little bit some some people are a little bit more guarded than others. You know, you would say, and and that is, it just depends on whatever people have gone through. And so, I think the the task becomes you know being patient in that process and not losing you know. The, the will or desire to help. You know, we can't help everybody, but we sure can try. And so, you know, the best of the, the best that we can just remain patient in that process and be a resource for a person to assist them on their journey. People go at different paces, people go at different speeds. You know, it's our job still just to be a consistent factor in their life. And once a person sees that you're consistent and, you gen and you're genuinely trying to help them and assist them on their journey, and you're not just, you know, in it for whatever selfish motive, then typically they come around. Now, shifting gears a little bit here, negativity is something that is extremely prevalent in society today due to social media and all other facets. How do you yourself first deal with negativity? And then secondly, how do you teach your students to kind of deal with that? I have a motto. I, I focus on me while they focus on me. That's like the biggest thing I tell myself all day every day. It's the biggest thing I tell my kids. Like, 
and I and I would I would tell to anybody like the, it doesn't matter what's happening in the ocean. The only way the boat sinks is if the water gets inside the boat. And so keep the water out the boat and you stay afloat. And so as far as negativity, I don't let it get to me. Um, people are always going to have something to say. But again, unless the water gets inside the boat, you know, the, the boat will stay afloat. Did you ever, when you were younger, have those issues with negativity? Or were you kind of able to block that out when you were, I guess, at some of their ages from seven to, I guess, being throughout high school? Uh, yeah, uh, when I was younger, but it just took me fully understanding who I was and becoming secure in myself. And once I was able to do that, the opinion of myself mattered more to me than the, than the opinions of others. And so, and that came from, you know, self-realization that came from understanding what my purpose was here on earth. The more that became revealed to me, the more confident I became. And then all other negativity just fell by the wayside. That's a great, great perspective to have. Now, building an academy and a brand can be pretty difficult. And keeping that alive this past year and a half, I have to imagine, has been pretty challenging. And even building it up from the ground. So have there been times where it's been hard for you, I guess, to keep pushing and keep going? Um, well, to honestly, I, I would say no, because adversity is expected. You know, um, tough times are expected. And so anytime you're trying to achieve, you know, greatness, which is what we're after, you know, you, ha you have to expect to be tested along the journey. So anytime we hit a roadblock, we're not even a roadblock, we call them speed bumps, you know, those were anticipated. And so when it came, it was just proof to us that we were moving in the right direction. And so for anybody who's trying to achieve something, you know, you're going to have setbacks. That's a part of it. But for what it for what it is that you're going after, life has to has to qualify you to be able to get it, and you know it has to test you to be able to make sure that you can handle it. And so, if it's an easy process, you know, be conscious of that because something is bound to happen. When you look back on your life and the coaches you had throughout your time playing sports and participating in different things, if you had to kind of narrow the focus to one lesson that you would say is the greatest you ever received from a coach, what would that lesson be? Uh, be a leader, not a follower. And it's so standard, but Dwayne Thompson, uh, that, that, was, that was a coach who said that to me when I was a kid. Um, I actually played with his son, Dwayne Thompson Jr., uh, but but that was probably the most impactful thing that he said for me uh, because there was a time where, you know, just being a kid trying to figure out your path and, you know, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to, to walk alone just because you want to feel accepted. And so I think he saw that happening with me and I was kind of at a crossroads and he kind of, he pulled me aside one day and literally told me, you know, Aaron being a leader, not a follower, um, you're different from the rest. And so that, that, that really stuck with me over all these years. Have you had times since that moment where you've struggled to, I guess, reiterate that lesson to yourself? Or has it always just been steadfast? You've kind of known what you want and been a trailblazer and marched to the beat of your own drum? Um, since then, honestly. Um, and then of course, you know, after I went through my self-discovery phase, uh, I've, I've just been focused. Um, I don't really pay attention to what happens outside of what it is that we have going on. Um, I believe we're all here for a finite amount of time and we have to maximize our time while we're here. So what other people are saying, what other people are doing, I honestly, you know, if it's not benefiting the betterment of society, if it's not helping us align with our goals, et cetera, I don't really pay attention to it. I, I think too often people 
place value on things that shouldn't be valued. And you, you, you miss out on a lot of opportunity when you do that. And so the more you focus on yourself, the more you focus on what it was that God placed inside your heart, you know, the further you'll be able to go. There's a lot of, a lot of amazing things you've just said, but one thing that just resonated me with the finite perspective, I feel like a lot of people nowadays definitely think that their life's not finite, that they can kind of just go on, carry it about, and everything happens for a reason. It'll all work itself out. How do you teach these young men who kind of get bright and see that kind of world where things just happen for people like these influencers that just kind of come into success? How do you teach them that, you know, life is finite. You need to make your impact while you're here and not just let things happen to you. Uh, it's, it's, it's all about offering, you know, real life experiences, you know, and, and offering that perspective and, and we can't lie. And, and I think that, you know, society tries to lie and, and, and pacify people and, that's just not the case. It's not reality. You know what I mean? And so uh, the, the more that we're able to provide real life examples and, and put kids in situations that force them to use their critical thinking and force them to think outside the box and understand, you know, the opportunities that they have, that they won't be here forever, um, you know, then I think the better prepared they'll be to, to take life a little bit more serious and not, you know, kind of just lollygag around and think that they have time. Um, that's, I, I hear that message a lot. You know, you still have 10 years and 10 years will be my age. We don't know if we'll be here 10 years from now. And so, you know, that being said, let's make the most of every day that you have, you know, because somebody somewhere is in need of your gift. And the longer that you, you know, prolong it, the longer they are without it. And so that's, that's really kind of a, a approach I like to take. And that's something I, I really like to instill with people. Now that's one thing that I think you hear a lot of days too, of people saying, you know, at some point I'm going to, you know, I'm going to chase this dream, you know, I'm going to do this. And then at some point, you know, I'll do all this and not prolonging. It's a great, great message. And it got, it ties really perfect into my next question here of asking you, if you had to look five years down the road at a goal that's kind of ingrained in your brain of this is what I want to have accomplished by that point in life, what would that goal Mm -hmm. be? Uh, my program is in 11 major cities across the country. That's, uh, that's, that's what we're working towards. You know, um, we're in Detroit, we're in Texas, we're in Los Angeles, you know, we're in Chicago, we're in Philadelphia, we're in New York. Um, the, these are, these are the locations that we're looking to expand to, uh, you know, where kids need a voice, where they need representation, where they need access, you know, where they need, of course, to be sharp in, in the realm of football, but also, you know, get the other things as well to help make sure that they're well-rounded individuals. So that's that's definitely what our goal is. Have you ever considered, I guess, going into just straight up football coaching and coaching for a school? Or do you just love the academy and getting to work your way and not necessarily have to work towards the coaching on the field goal and relying on performance? Yeah, um, I've, I've had opportunities to coach um, at various levels from the collegiate level to, you know, junior college level to, you know, high school, of course. Um, and of course, like youth sports, but that's not really my path. Um, I feel like I could have a way bigger impact doing what it is that I'm doing now. Um, once you have to coach, you know, for school, it's it's different. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you have coaches that really care about the kids, love the kids, but at the end of the day, it's a job. And it's predicated based on winning. And if you're not winning, you're not there anymore. And so I, for me, that's just not the approach that I, you know, really want to take. I, I like being where it is and I'm at. I just feel like I could have a way larger impact. If you had to look back at yourself 
and maybe 10 years ago, I guess, is a good benchmark here. But if you had to look back at yourself at 10 years ago, what message would you tell yourself then about where you are today and how to get to that point? Man, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's funny you say that because I, I just did a, another podcast and it, uh, I asked a similar question. Uh, advice I would give myself, I, I would just say, believe much bigger, much sooner. You know, um, all, all of my goals that I had, that were 10 year goals for me, I accomplished in less than five. And so the way I, you know, I've worked with NFL guys, I've traveled the country, I've learned from Jordan Palmer, I've, you know, trained alongside top FBS division one guys who are up for contention for the Heisman. Like I've done these things. And so these are all things that I thought were going to take me much longer than what it did. And what I was able to do was condense decades into days because I was focused. And so, you know, your ability to lock in on a goal and work consistently towards it, you'll be amazed at how much time you can cut off of something just simply by doing that. I think a lot of times things can be accomplished a lot sooner, but we get in our own way. And so uh, for myself, that's, that's something I would tell myself and I would tell anybody, you know, that if you block out the noise and you lock in and focus and develop a strategy and stick to it, you know, you'll be able to achieve things much quicker. Also, success leaves clues. So like learn from people. If somebody is doing what it is that you want to do, learn from them. Humble yourself. Ask questions. Read books. Go on YouTube. Type your name and listen to speeches and interviews. And then take the jewels that they drop and apply it to your own situation. And I think that if you do that, you know, again, you'll you'll be able to kind of cut the distance or the gap for where it is that you currently are and where it is that you're trying to go. Success leaves clues. That's an awesome, awesome mindset. And way to look at your idols and look at people you uh, want to be like. I, there's a quote, I put it on my wall and it's something I strive towards. It's work until your idols become your rivals. Not necessarily a bad thing, but work until the people you look up to become your adversaries in all facets, whether it be business, whether it be athletics. And that mindset's kind of similar to that, but uh, just one that I think is a great, great mindset to have, no matter your field of business or what you want to accomplish in life. For sure. Now, I see that Cleveland Brown shirt. Best team in the NFL. I don't know about... I don't know about all that. Oh, no, no, no. You got to see this, too. There you go. Best team in the NFL. (laughs) So, that... mm, I guess it's a little skewed, then, when I ask you what your expectations are for them next season. Super Bowl. Super Bowl or bust? Super Bowl. Hands down. Come on, now. We have the best team in the NFL. The most complete team. The most complete team. I like a lot of what Andrew Barry's doing there. I like a lot of what's going on there. I think that mm-hmm. there's a lot of good, a lot of sneaky moves they made this offseason, too, that are really mm-hmm. going to come to fruition. That defense got a lot stronger. I mm-hmm. think that uh, with Odell Shout coming Shout out John Johnson. John Johnson is actually from PG County. Uh, he that, That's where I'm from. We just got him from the Rams. He went to Northwestern High School. So shout, shout out to him, man, for sure. That was a really good ad that they got him on there. And then mm-hmm. Odell coming back. Do you think he comes yeah. back to that top five receiver form? Yeah. Uh, why not? Hmm. He's he, he's one of, he's only 28. He's one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL. Um, I think that Odell was humble, you know, with injury, with coming to a smaller market, coming from New York to Cleveland. And I think that he was able to, you know, go back internally figure out what motivates him and, and you can see it he's not really talking that much this offseason he's just putting in the work 
you know, he's showing flashes uh, in his uh, workout videos that he of how serious he is about his return. And I think he's going to be phenomenal. It's a good perspective. Baker the guy or no? Yes. Adamant, no doubt about it. He's a guy. He's a guy. Baker was everything Cleveland needed. I, and more. He brought the attitude. He brought the the confidence. He brought the the, the blue collar work ethic. You know, he's a he's a igniter, right? And so, um, I hundred percent believe he's a guy. Even if you could go back to that draft class and you could have your choice again of Allen Lamar, you'd still go Baker just because he's what the city needed, or no? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. And Josh is uh, talent. He's, I mean. God, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Lamar is a unanimous MVP. I think Josh would definitely win an MVP. Um, Lamar has won one. I think he won another one. But I think I think everybody went to this best situation that was for them. You know, I don't I don't think if Baker goes to Baltimore, he would be the same. I don't think if Lamar came to Cleveland, he would be the same. I think that everybody went where it was they were supposed to go. I agree. And that spark. That idea of the spark, that attitude, I like that you said that because I think that's something that the general media is kind of overlooking with that debate that spawned out of nowhere now of is Baker on that Allen Lamar tier, but it was something that I think stuck out to a lot of people then when he was coming out of the class after all his antics with planting the flag and everything and how that would translate, and I think it's translated... I say this from the outside looking in as not a Browns fan. I think it's translated well to Cleveland, and it's the kind of spark that that uh, team needed. So I... I'm not going to root for the Browns, but I'm, I'm not going to – I don't see them winning the Super Bowl, but I do think that uh, it'd be cool to see them have some success again this season because I think that it's well-deserved and uh, it's overdue. 100%. Very, very much so. We, uh, it's, it's been a long time, but, you know, this, the city is ready. The team is ready. Um, the world is ready, you know, to, to, to see Cleveland make a deep run. I, I think we got robbed last year with the helmet-to-helmet call. With the touchback, you know, but hey, can't cry off a spill of milk. Um, I, I, I definitely think this year is going to be a great year for us. Well, I look forward to seeing how your Browns do. My last question for you, and I thank you for taking the time and all the incredible advice and wisdom you just shared. My last question, probably the biggest, so take as much time as you need, but when it's Definitely. all said and done and you're six feet under, what do you want your legacy to have been? I inspire people. That's the biggest thing. The the one of my favorite quotes: "The highest human act is to inspire." And um, I I, I want to represent an idea that if you just take the time to figure out what your calling was, you know, then you'll be able to make a lasting impact in people. You know, we live in the minds and hearts of other people. Uh, that's how we become legendary. That's how we become eternal. And our ability to inspire a person, our, our ability to, to motivate a person, but most importantly, teach a person, right? You know, show a person the steps that we took to allow us to become successful so that they, therefore, can then do the same thing for themselves. I think that's overall how the world becomes a better place. And so um, when it's all said and done and, and, you know, I'm not here anymore, I'm, I want the message to still stay here. And I want people to be inspired from it and take it and go much further than I ever could have dreamt of. I don't know if there's a better way to close off on what you just said. That was a awesome, awesome uh, 
answer to that question. One of the best I think I've ever received in 106 episodes of doing this now. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the best answers I've received to that. So thank you. And For now sure. the red carpet is rolled out. Please feel free to plug away on all the incredible things you're doing, your social medias, the websites, everything that you do, and uh, where everybody can find you. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, again, well, first and foremost, thank you for the opportunity uh, to share your platform. I think what you're doing is amazing. How, how old are you? You mind me asking? I'm 17. Bro, this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. You're 17 years old and you're embarking on your journey, you know, and the fact that you figured it out this early, I was 24 when I figured it out. And so all you're going to do is serve as the inspiration, more importantly, an example to another 17 year old that they can do it as well. So keep going, you know, and take take it much further. Um, I would just say, man, you know, uh, you can follow me on social media at on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Aaron R H A. So Coach Aaron A A Ron R H A. Um, you can get us. Uh, my company page is R H Academy underscore. You can visit us online www.therhacademy.org. So therhacademy.org. Um, you know, it's, it's just, I would just say for anyone who's out there who's unsure about what their path is, take time to figure yourself out. Listen to that internal voice. You know, whatever that reoccurring thought is that won't go away, that's what you was placed on this earth to do. And then it's your job to open your mouth, you know, and ask for help. The squeaky oil gets the wheel. I mean, I mean I'm sorry. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. There we go. And, um, you know, ask questions. There's people that are, you know, assigned on earth to assist you, but they can't help you until they know that you need help. And so with that being said, man, thank you so much. It's been a joy, you know, to be on your show. I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you very much. And ladies and gentlemen, that was the incredible Coach Aaron. Thanks again. My thanks once again to Coach Aaron for coming on. Absolute pleasure to have him on. Great, great guy. And hope you guys all check out the Respect and Honor Academy and support all the amazing stuff they're doing. With that said, if you'd like to check out all of the incredible stuff we are up to, check us out on Instagram at Ambitious Podcast, Twitter Ambitious with DP, YouTube Ambitious with Dylan Price, and check us out wherever you listen to podcasts, that being Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, as you can hear us right now. Uh, and you can hear us wherever else you listen to podcasts. And and we'll continue to be on all those amazing platforms. And we will be back next week with another episode. Next week, Nemo Washington, the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach from Wheeling University, joins me to talk about his rise to coaching, 26 years old, one of the youngest coordinators in NCAA football. And he is also on to discuss the art of coaching as a whole. Great conversation with Coach Washington, and he'll be on next week's episode of Ambitious. So tune in. And Thanks again for listening as always, ambitious listeners, and have a wonderful week.